Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode uh, 81. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, episode Octopath 1, yes. David McBurney, Battlemaster, oh, I, I like it. Did you just say Ecto 1? <laughs> no, I said Octopath 1. Yes. Listen, we're being timely. And the 80s yes. are dead, it's time for Octopath. I thought you were referencing it somehow. I mean, I could have been, but I'm not actually a Ghostbusters fan, so it didn't occur to me. <laughs> and over here from Japan, currently enrolled in Hero University, amazingly enough, uh, Michael Baker. Oh, so you want to be a hero. After hero Academia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's my hero one's justice. <laughs> oh. oh, no, no, I'll, I'll get to this later, but come on, let's finish up the introductions first. <laughs> And? There's still one person who needs to introduce themselves. But yeah, this is it's right. Eric RPG again. Hopefully, here for much longer than I was last time. Our special Yokai Watch correspondent. We're learning all about demons. Yeah, speaking of Yokai, um, how about the Gigi no Kitaro? I love Gigi no Kitaro. What about what it? What about it? I've got like three different generations worth of material on them. <laughs> so many. The, new, the newest one. I don't oh, the most recent one. They rebooted again? Yeah, there was one that started in like April, I want to say. It basically plays super and take it, it's taking its time slot until the en end of the series, which is 50 episodes long. I have no, yeah. I no idea what you're talking about. Gegegen no Kitaro is the thing that you can blame basically all Japanese like media that still references yokai on. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an, one of the earliest manga series that were really famous, and it managed to revive a lot of interest in Japanese traditional monsters. Hmm. Written by a World War II veteran with only one arm. Yeah. <laughs> Yusuke Yurameshi's yeah, uh, spirit gun's basically a ripoff yeah. of the finger gun. Yep. So yeah, um, the the mangaka Mizuki um, Shigeru, he was part of a writing group that wrote, that did horror stories and horror manga up until the start of the Second World War, and then he got to fight in the New Guinea campaign, which explains a lot of the imagery he uses later. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, he went on to publish a horror manga series called um, Kitaro of the Graveyard, and then from there um, he rebooted it as a much more family friendly series. Sixties Gigagen no Kitaro is a hoot to watch if you ever get a chance. Yep, I, the last time I saw it was the two that the uh, was it two thousand eight or two thousand nine reboot series. Oh, that was the one that was trying to be more like the horror version, I think. Actually, no, it was um, very similar to the 60s and 70s version, and ah. it actually it referenced a lot of episodes from that time period. Oh, as man, it I love happened that. 40 or 50 years ago, kind of referenced. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So there was, I remember seeing several episodes where the monster was coming back from what happened to it in the earlier series. Oh, and, man, I should tra track that version down. Yeah. Are there, are there any, like, fan subs out there? <laughs> Uh, for well, every series, well, there's at least a few. But it also had one of my it had my best had one of my favorite reboots of an actual episode as well, mm -hmm. the Ghost Train episode. Because mm. I, I have that one in the. That manga. was also in the new one. That was yeah, like the, that was like the darkest story they did, I think. Yeah, it's one of the classic ones, and it ended a lot better in the anime versions than it did in the original manga. <laughs> better written ending. Not better for the guy involved, just better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kitaro is one of those like evergreen properties that just gets rebooted about once every five to ten like, years. 
Hey, yep. you mentioned that, but the new one, um, it doesn't end well for him. For Kitaro or for the guy who's the center the, of the episode? The guy's the center. It never ends well for him. <laughs> it's just, it's the way that the story was written for the ending. The, hmm. the original manga version was, wasn't as satisfying. The anime version's much better. And again, it does not end well for the guy, but he deserves it. That's the entire point of the episode. Kitaro has also a long history of mediocre to bad licensed video games. Also, I think there's one that's basically just uh, the precursor to Aria of Sorrow on the GBA. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I'm, I'm having trouble getting off the topic of this one episode. So in the manga version, original version of the story, yeah, he, go, he goes after the guy who's the center of the, the train episode. Kitaro goes mm-hmm. after him because the guy was bad-mouthing yokai and ghost stories and saying that they were just loads of BS. Mm. And that's the entire justification for what happens to the guy at the end. <laughs> Don't be a dick to ghosts. They have the power to be a dick back, and it's much exactly. worse. Exactly. Whereas the anime episodes had better reasoning for why he got what he got. In the new one, it was because he mistreated his workers and he drove some of them to suicide. And in the uh, 2009 series, it was specifically one co-worker who was actually haunting him, and he could only see the guy when he was drunk, and he didn't realize the guy was dead until... Yeah, that guy was there with him, but... Yeah. So it sounds like they expanded it just a little bit for the newest version, but yeah. yeah. Still much better than the original. There's even a more recent episode where um, this girl it was about this girl who had an ugly face, and she got a new face by putting on the like, face of a dead person. And if she kept it on, she would have become a yokai, but... She decided in the end to go with it because, like, the guy who, like, kind of liked her only came out once she got a new face because apparently he didn't have the courage before, even though he liked her with the ugly face. Huh. So he's kind of shallow. So she's like, and but the real reason is because she didn't want to do it for anybody else but herself. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like spitting in the face of the whole beauty thing, but also, like, saying that. Um, embracing your true self isn't all. Doesn't work for always everybody. So, so it's like weird. Kind of mixed but you know. I think wheels might be dead now. No, no, I I have some teeth pain from getting a, a cavity filled today. So oh, the less le- le- recently, no cavities. Uh, the less talk I have to do this week, the better. Although yeah. my gums are like seriously, I need to work on getting my gums because those are bad. Mm-hmm. I don't floss enough. Yeah, flossing, as I've come to discover, is very important. <laughs> Unfor- unfortunately, my teeth shred floss. Oh. Yeah, I've got extremely tight contacts between my teeth, and mm, yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, it took you're a while that I wouldn't. You're better off using a dental pick. Uh, but then I end up with bloody gums because I'm pretty much stabbing my own jaws. Well, as pleasant as that thought is, uh, I want to find a way to transition away from thinking about bleeding gums. Uh, <laughs> bleeding gums, Murphy? No. Oh. Bleeding I'm gums, talking about blood and guts, Murphy. <laughs> Dental okay, plan? How about recently played games? Octopath Traveler. Yay! Woo-hoo! How is it? Oh, it's... I'm loving it. It's delicious. It's way better than Bravely Defart. I'm hey. having a much better time with it. 
That was not a bad game. It just had a one really bad section in the end of the game, uh, chapter five, where it just repeated itself. <laughs> yeah. I'm just appreci- I did not like, get that far. I multiple times in a row. Um, I couldn't get past chapter one. I got to. I, I got midway through chapter two and decided that I hated everyone and none of them would stop talking and I could not bear to go forward. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't like the characters, enough. there's nothing you can do. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The game had- Whereas Octopath just doesn't have anywhere near as much dialogue. Also, I love every character. <laughs> so, it's that too. The the fact that you aren't going around saving the world and there's like no narrative after a certain point, like it's basically I dig the fact I dig the fact that they didn't like every character just has their narrative that matters to them and like they team up seemingly out of convenience, but like you you make up whatever reason you want for why they're teaming up because the game's not going to give you one. Yeah, yeah there's party chat, but I haven't gotten to that point yet. That sounds know, like a saga game. I know, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the fact that it pretty much leaves you to your own devices like almost immediately. It gives it's you, just like, it gives yeah, you whatever. one bit of friendly it gives you some some bits of friendliness. The first of all is that it's auto-saving basically every time you transition between areas. And second of all, it gives you a level that the next area you need to be you you should probably be at. Yeah. But otherwise it's just sort of like, you know, wander into that cave. What's in there? Who knows? Have a good time. I yeah, wandered into good. that cave, and I got just utterly wrecked by a skeleton. I think despite the level I'm currently at right now, I'd still have a hard time in there, because the the lightning poles in there shoot lightning at you, and it oh, takes, like... Heinous. And when I went there the first time, um, they, like, did 400-something damage with their lightning blast. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it probably hasn't improved terribly much since I went there, because, like, my characters are... My highest level character is only 18, and the rest are, like, 14. Which is about the level I need to be. The path actions are also just a really fun way to interact with the with the towns. Just like I saw one person, a friend of mine, who's just like living his best life because he's got the thief, and the first thing that he does is he looks for children so he can steal candy from all the children. <laughs> <laughs> I find it weird that the merchant's the only one that steals money. The merchant finds money whoa, on the whoa, 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 hold on, sir. Yeah, the merchant finds money that someone, you know, recklessly you left behind. You can't take money from enemies, but... From bosses, especially. Oh, yeah. Bosses that... especially, but they have to be nearly... Like, I do appreciate one thing I like about that, is that you get a percentage chance of, like, how likely is that to work, and also, uh, like, that percentage goes up as the enemy loses health, so you can... Or their break of... meter goes down all the zero. Yeah. Oh yeah, speaking of, they took the best part of FF13's battle system and combined it with the most interesting part of Bravely Default's battle system. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Well, I, I was always thinking it was like more like Four Heroes of Light, but you don't share it across every character. Every character has their own. Yeah, yeah. everyone has their own Brave Point. Yeah, if they're fe- called Brave Points, they're BPs. Battle yeah. Points, maybe? I feel like there's, <laughs> there's a lot of... Uh, Four Heroes of Light DNA. Meanwhile, the game's opening credits acquire as having helped develop it. Actually, I think they developed the, the majority of it because Silicon Studios only pretty much had its like design document, and then the director for Rayleigh Default was there. Yeah, like it, it was. It's like a couple of people who were at the head, and then like the actual development house seems to have been acquire, who I mostly know from the Tenchu and Way of the Samurai games. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. I know for several other series, but none of which actually match the level of quality that you're describing here. Yeah, they seem to have been uh, 
They seem to have done much better here. <laughs> the only other acquire I remember game I remember playing was uh Occupus Strip and Occupus Beat. Yeah. Oh, Occupus yeah. Trip was basically uh Way of the Samurai but with more slicing vampire people's hands stripping. off. <laughs> was it ba- vampires? Yeah, it was inherently <laughs> less fun yeah. because there was no point where you could New Game Plus to understand what the English people were saying because you New Game Plus a uh, English school into the game. Mm. I should I probably pick up Way of Samurai 4 on Steam at some point. I've been a big fan of those that series since 1, mostly because the first one you're basically like... The way to get the good ending is to basically do a takeoff of an old Akira Kurosawa picture. <clears throat> You just take the you just take the yakuza and pit them against the local government until they all kill each other. <laughs> oh hey, and Choir also did uh, Class of Heroes. I knew they did yep. some first-person dungeon that's, crawling. That's the main series. How many of them? All of them. All of them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Acquire wanted to do. Hey, Victor, uh, where's Class of Heroes four? <laughs> no, they Acquire originally put in the bid for the Wizardry series. They wanted to continue the uh, Wizardry series. I'm I'm shocked that the developer of Class of Heroes made a bid on the Wizardry license. (laughs) And, and of course, they didn't get it, so they said, you know what, we really want to do this anyway, so we're going to pretty much make our own Wizardry game themed the way we like. Nothing can stop us. Pretty much. Yeah, Bravely Default looks great. The soundtrack is fantastic. Yep. Acquire also did Dungeons and Dam, which was really weird. That sounds (laughs) weird. Oh, it was hilariously weird. Um, but yeah. But I yeah. reviewed that years ago. It was fun. Go look at that review. But uh, yeah, Octopath Traveler looks great. It has a great soundtrack. It has a very interesting structure. It's just it's just really good. Yeah. It's... It's, it also seems to be doing better than Square suspected, which is always pleasant. Yeah, I feel like when we first talked about this, it was like, oh, this is like for us, but no one else is going to buy this. And it seems like everyone I see on my Twitter feed is in love with this game. It seems like in part it's like a, the advantage of like, well, we chose to release this in frickin' July. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so their competition is nothing, but it's also just like an RPG that is similar enough that people have... Pro- I have seen people compare it to things that it is truly nothing alike. <laughs> but, like, it's just... It gets an old-school enough vibe that people can kind of project a general sense of, like, oh, these are the RPGs I remember liking onto it. <laughs> so you're making a very strong case for me eventually getting a Switch. Yes. I'd say that this game makes a pretty strong case so far. Yes. I mean, between this game, the second Densetsu collection, and uh, I don't know what else is good. There, there's, there's a lot of this... Switch stuff, especially if you enjoy. If you want to pick up anything indie, it's also a good place to pick you up. Could, you could just rebuy uh, Romancing Saga 2 again as well. Mm. Finally, again. <laughs> there's also some batshit game called Bomb Chicken, where you play as. It's a puzzle platformer where you play as a oh, chicken that, sh- that, uh, that poops out um, bombs instead of eggs. A lot of good, weird indie games. <laughs> and I there's know. also there's also the Gen- Toho Gensa Wanderer game for the Switch that has more content, a lot more content. Yay, roguelikes! Yeah, I also have uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer on Switch again. Oh, and man, that's so I can I can get three or four different versions of this game now. <laughs> and it's worth it every time. Crypt of the Necrodancer is great. 
Yeah, I mean, okay, I pre-ordered it after playing the advanced alpha or pre-alpha version at TGS years ago. Like, I remember. Yeah. I, I that remember thing had, that thing had four levels and without a boss because the King Konga wasn't finished yet. You just had yeah. And then I it had infinite level, um, infinite levels after that, and I was like, yes, you know. I remember. Was... Sorry, sorry. sorry. I re- don't worry about it. Uh, I remember playing it at PAX in the indie booth. Like it was just out, just out in the indie booth. But they had, they had actually hooked up a dance mat, and so they got a lot of attention there, just because it's like, oh, you can actually play the rhythm roguelike on a dance mat, and I think yeah. that sold like basically everyone there who saw yeah, it. They- they couldn't do that at TGS, unfortunately. That's a shame. It must have been about the same year. Yeah. I, I do remember I managed to take out that red dragon on the first try, dancing around it, and the guy was kind of impressed because everybody else had <laughs> died and was actively running away from it whenever it showed up. Mm-hmm. Got to defeat that dragon. And then I got ki- then the kickback from a shotgun blast pushed me back onto a death trap. Ah. Oh. But yeah, that's again. If if you've got a switch, there's really no reason not to pick up Octopath Traveler unless you can't find it because you need a physical copy and Square accidentally underproduced them. Whoops. I don't think that's gonna be a problem for Japan. It rarely is, thankfully. Um, I, mean, I had a I had a physical copy of Secret of Mana Vita. So. Huh. Do you I think it'll be a game that'll end up in the Nintendo Selects line because Nintendo's the U.S. publisher and the your publisher, maybe in like four years, happening in long in the long term when they and like that line, I don't think even exists on Switch yet. But when it does, I could see it happening. Oh, it's but, certainly going to get a best hits thing in Japan. So. Yeah, I just I just appreciated that Square had to put out a press release apologizing for the lack of physical copies and <laughs> requesting that if you really want it, the digital version is still available. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to pick one up from GameStop. Apparently number one on the eShop in the U.S. as well. I didn't pre-order it because I didn't have the money down at them. So yeah, so over here I'm having to content myself with Hero U, Rogue to Redemption, which, have you heard of this? I heard this name at all. Oh, well, it was, it's apparently been in development for at least the last five years. Um, Actually, I think I remember it's this. It's Quest and for it's, Glory! It, it is Quest for Glory 6. Ah. Fact, I mean, not, not just effectively, canonically. <laughs> there, um, there are, I mean, aside from little Easter eggs scattered all over the place that are references to the first five games, at least one of the char- major characters in, okay, one of your classmates in the game is the son of a character from Quest for Glory Five, and then so the nephew of a character from Quest for Glory Four, and he's continuing the Blackbird quest line from the game, those games. That's cute. And one of the other, one of the faculty members is actually. From Quest for Glory One. <laughs> Surprised they managed to clear that. Oh, um, I don't. I don't think it's a surprise that in the Hall of Heroes they have a lawyer with, who has a statue there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who this might be based off of. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of what I wish Quest for Glory Five had actually been like. Hmm. Because, I've heard that the series yeah. kind of unravels as it gets near the end. Oh no, 4 was great. 5 was they wanted to do some things and they did not quite know how to do it and or management was forcing them to do stuff that they didn't know how. Mm. That would fit with Sierra around that time. Yes. Again, I've reviewed all five games in that series too, so have fun. 
Um, I remember the last time we discussed this, I was like, oh, I need to go on GOG and just buy all of these. <laughs> it's a sing. It's all five for one package. Yeah, and very cheap. Yeah, like $13, $14, yeah. Especially, uh, if you get it on a sale, it's like five. It's, it's actually $6 on Steam right now. <laughs> get it! Get it! Get them! Get them! See, 1998, yeah, that would have been right around the time that uh, King's Quest Eight happened, and they decided that King's Quest needed to be a Tomb Raider knockoff. Yeah, that was um, that was a game. Yeah. So, yeah, so it actually... Um, Hero U actually has a sort of real-time combat system, tactical combat system, sort of, hmm. which is, instead of the fake sort of Diablo clone thing that I have no idea what they were actually intending to do with Quest for Glory 5, except it doesn't work very well, because everything's so zoomed out you can't see what's going on. Hmm. So, that and um, for Hero U, the, um, so in, in Quest for Glory games, you could always choose between fighter, rogue, or magician. Mm-hmm. And Hero U makes the rogue um, plotline canonical. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, it's the only one that fits with everything that is being told um, that you are being told in the Hero U. I'm glad that uh, lock picking your own nose is now canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, they changed the way that you use items, so you don't actually you can't actually do that to yourself. Oh, that's a shame. Isn't it possible to fail that check in Quest for Glory and just kill yourself? Quest for Glory 1, yes. You can kill yourself by lock pick by picking your own nose. I have done that, just to see if you could. I think you su- if you succeed, it just says your nose is open and you get a point. Yes, actually. So That's really you can, good. You can increase your tool usage ability. That way. <laughs> That's really good. I think that explains Quest for Glory. <laughs> just by <laughs> itself. It. That and the fact that in Quest for Glory 2, you can OD on your own healing items. <laughs> they just feel so good when I drink them. That reminds yeah. me of the overheal skill, overheal skill that the, one of the characters in Death Sky can do. Oh, really? How does that go? And basically, you just damage the enemy since you heal them too much. That You basically just ruin their cellular structure. Hey, there was a boss in... Devil Summoner Soul Hackers, where that was the actual effective strategy for beating it. So, Wheels, do you remember Skippy the Wonder Dolphin? I do not. Uh, it it was the the digital art gallery. The main character's little sister had her soul sucked out, and she was just kind of in a existing in one of the paintings, just nice and happy with her friend Skippy the Wonder Dolphin. <laughs> and you had to destroy Skippy in order to get her back into her body before she died. And so Skippy had like a 99% damage reduction for physical damage, and he absorbs all magic. <laughs> so I can tell you from experience that nickel and diming this bastard to death would take a, almost an hour. Oh my god. However, simply throwing every magic spell you have at him until he hits double hit points and explodes from spontaneous combustion. He ate too much. <laughs> exactly. That takes about 10 minutes. <laughs> it didn't take that long for me then again I or, turn all the hacks on oh I wasn't playing that I don't think I was playing that one with hacks yeah I turned on the hacks after that I think um, actually no I'm remembering the Playstation version so there weren't even hacks on that huh. it was much much shorter in 3DS yeah but yes hooray for interesting Megaten survival strategies 
He basically, um, that basically sounds all like. I wonder what came first, uh, the Yakon fight in Dragon Ball Z or that? Oh no, no. Um, this thing predates Ch- uh, Megaton by a long time. There was one boss battle in the original Dragon Ball series, uh, one of the Red Ribbon Army mm. story arcs that had a had an energy absorbing monster that Son Goku killed that way. I think it was the same one that had um, Android Eight, the mm. Frankenstein guy. I only remember him getting frozen. No, I remember him it, eating it was, him was, energy. Yeah, I know that there was at least one energy absorbing enemy like that in the original Dragon Ball series. Mm. So it's something that came that's come up in manga well before video games even. Do you have any questions? We have lots of questions, oh, yes. <laughs> Let's, Let's get, get around to actually. Let's go. We actually had a few that posted after we recorded last episode, so... Oh, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Let's see, and these are from somebody new. Yeah. Somebody called The Madness. Mm. Well, he's posted on the forum before, but I don't think he's ever posted a question for us. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, he's got a few here. His first is, has the RPG genre failed to be combined with any other game genre at this point? If not, what's an example of one that's been attempted that shouldn't have for whatever reason? Mm. Pachinko Ooh. RPG. Which one? The Pachinko RPG should not have happened. It did happen? It should not have happened, but they did. I think they did like six of those. <laughs> well, they've done pachinko games that were based on RPGs and RPGs that were pachinko games. Yeah, and they're does all. Opponent count all at all. They so, um, so does yes. opponent count? Opponent. Yeah. Or GameCube. How that actually plays? Yeah. I thought that was a Wii game. That's a Wii, Wii game. Yeah, it's a Wii game. Yeah, that's right. Um, the only other thing I can think of is maybe. Tying an RPG to uh, cricket, <laughs> like cricket. when you're getting when you're getting down to really individual sports, I guess. <laughs> I, I know that's pretty close to um, Power Pro Coon Eleven that had a an RPG side to it, mm. the baseball game and RPG combination there. We, uh, we need time. more of those. <laughs> yeah, now I've played this... sports game combinations, shmup combinations, first person and third person shooter combinations. Um, I know there was a pinball RPG at some stage. Yeah. Uh, Real time Um, strategy? Plenty. I mean, Ogre Battle. Um, Damn it. Ogre Battle 5. Multiple types of puzzle games. Yep. Some more active than others. There's lots of Vine um, RPGs that are text based only. Yeah, played those. Um, I mean, Sword World 2.0 was. Pretty much a text-based RPG that allowed you to roll dice on the DS. Yeah. Um. um what about RPGs? Oh. I've played a few. I've seen right. a couple of those and played a few. I was gonna say like there are rhythm RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean Crypt of the Necrodancer. I I'm on the fence on that one because it's definitely more action than RPG on the roguelike scale. How but, about a rhythm-based sports RPG? I don't think that's happened. Uh, I've seen some stuff that was pretty close. Um, <laughs> at least a quick time event. Um, I know Patapong 3 was classified as an RPG in Japan. Mm. Uh, although I saw Game Center CX and they classified the Mega Man X series as an RPG. I was like, 
Can no. I, I can kind of see it, but not really. No. I think Goemon's closer to that in some um, entries. Let's all sit down and resolve this issue with a game of uh, Wily and Light's Rock Board, That's Paradise. <laughs> oh yeah, board game RPG, those are things. There's a lot of those. Oh, there's plenty of those. Unlimited Saga. Uh, <laughs> Dokapon. Yeah, Dokapon Kingdom. And the mini game in Dragon Quest Three. So Itadaki Street. Yes. Pretty much. I'm thinking unrelatedly about Momotaro Dentetsu. You know what we yeah. need more of? More collectible card game art. Gross. Get out. <laughs> said no one ever. Okay. <laughs> I just said it. We all said that unironically. You go play Lost Kingdoms and think about what you've done. Does this Clue count as an RPG, though? Clue? Yes. Clue, the board game? Yes. <laughs> no. Sure. How you play that, but probably not. Sort of However, there are not... adventure RPGs, so you could probably convert Clue into an uh, um, adventure RPG pretty easily. Mm. Yeah, probably. I, the only other game that comes to mind is uh, Hero Quest as a board game RPG. Mm. Hero Quest, the reason Quest for Glory is not called Hero Quest. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, it's a better name for it. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh yeah, I, ca I cannot, like, you would have to attach a lot of, like, really granular adjectives to something for me to say that no, an RPG has never collided with it at this stage. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, I, I always describe the G in RPG as gestalt. Rather yeah. Because it's, it's a, just a huge collection of different things that you kind of cram together and you say this is an RPG. Hey, we, we've never had a Ninja Turtles RPG. How about that? Are are you sure about that? No, I'm not, not sure about super, that. I'm not a hundred percent on that. We've, no, we haven't actually. We've never had a great Ninja Turtles RPG. How about that? Yeah. But we're like about cheating Dawn when you're getting down to individual RPG. IPs. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not the question, unfortunately. <laughs> maybe it should be. I mean, <laughs> maybe someone can ask that. I mean, we had Barkley shut up and jam Gaiden. Come on, say. What about, yeah. a uh, what about a game show RPG? Oh, I'm... Well, wait a moment. Um, there's RPGs with game shows in them. Yeah. yeah there's, there's that, but there's not the other way around. Um, I know, Game Center CX sort of counts. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, like something like uh, Monopoly... I mean, no, not Monopoly. Uh, Wheel, of Wheel of Fortune RPG. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, technically there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tabletop RPG. Mm. That was a period where that happened a lot. That was yeah, 1985, yeah. yeah. Street Fighter and all that stuff. There is a Street Fighter tabletop RPG. Very bad. Oh man, now I'm thinking I about mean, the Samurai I, Showdown I, RPG. I even, <laughs> I even once played an RPG that was nothing but a thinly, ex um, thinly disguised attempt to get kids to do math homework. My, you would think I, that my, was all of them, but my former co-host did a fan <laughs> translation of Samurai Showdown RPG. Never really oh, ran no. anywhere though. Yeah, that that project's been started like five times. Like it seems to have something nightmarish under the hood that destroys people. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think it's so much that he doesn't have the time to work on it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like a lot of people have started that project and never gotten very far on it. One of those cursed games. They're, they're the person that was the responsible for the. Most of the script of East Origin, and a couple other East games. Nice. nice. 
that he actually worked XSEED with. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Who is this? My former co-host of my podcast. Do we have a name? Um, do you want his, his online handle or his real name? Online handle. Uh, Moria Mug. Oh, cool. I did he doesn't go on Twitter anymore, though. So I did a uh, a uh, interview with him for RP Gamer years back. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to find anything that hasn't been combined in a broad sense. So you get into these really granular, like, well, there hasn't been a this RPG, and it's like, yeah. I mean... There's never been a Marbles RPG. Are you Jin, sure I don't about want that? to go to the trouble of trying to prove you wrong. Gin <laughs> Rummy RPG. Double Dutch RPG. All of you can go play can go play card game RPGs with wheels. <sighs> hey, did you hear Hearthstone's getting a new expansion next month? Yes. No, I blocked that information out entirely. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, so what's the once of the weirdest ones? So yeah, there was the math homework RPG, <laughs> the mountain climbing simulator RPG. Oh, which one uh, was that again? Uh. Tosan RPG, the, the mountain climbing RPG. It oh, plays, it plays very similar RPG. to uh, Ogre Battle, but didn't have any story. Um, now here's one that hasn't been done, Goat Simulator RPG. Goat Simulator already had an MMO mode. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, Although I think they added that in. It didn't start out that way. Yeah, but it, it's still in the game now. Okay, yeah, I've done shmups, beat 'em ups, first and third person shooter, real time strategy, strategy. Desert bus RPG. Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> Funny of driving however, RPG. However, uh, uh, you say that now, but I'm thinking Racing Lagoon was pretty similar to that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's driving RPGs. They bad. But you have to race in real time. You mean? <laughs> Well, I'm not sure because I simply could not win the opening the race in the opening sequence. Uh, you need to level up more. <laughs> no, there was no leveling up. This was the game starts and you're in a race, and I suck at race car games. I would imagine it probably also didn't control that well. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, like uh, there's there's been I remember seeing the phrase car PG used to advertise multiple <laughs> things that shouldn't have existed. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh. It's like saying Japanimation. I was like, oh, that's so tacky. Uh, race car RPG. Oh, of course, there was, what's it called for uh, the 3DS? The one with the transforming race cars. Oh, is that... You've told us about this. Yes, and I can't remember the name right now. Except I'm I love... I was thinking about Choro Q. Yeah. Oh, no, there wasn't a Choro Q RPG yet. Diddy Kong Racing? <laughs> oh, gosh. Sonic, uh, Sega, Sega I mean, All-Star Racing. I mean, they they made an RPG based on the Choco Dogs franchise. I'm, I'm not investigating further into what that is. Incredibly cute, as in, like, looking at it gives you cavities cute. Like, I'm just imagining chocolate dogs now. But, like, yeah, the, my first Simpson thought was... Eats. Like, my first horrified thought was the idea of, like, is this, like, some sort of hot... Is this some sort of chocolate hot dog that's being sold in some degenerate part of this world? No, the, the Chocodog series were mostly, like, cake shop simulator games for the DS. Mm. Except uh, I decided to make a roguelike RPG for it once. What? 
Uh, about the same time, th this is for 3DS, this is about the same time that, or this is the same company that made the one with the, um, the cute little puppets that actually came to, to America. Um, is there, is there a, like a typing, like, RPG? Yes. What's the uh, puppet one you were talking I about? I know there's somewhere. Maybe speaking. Yeah. I don't think that counts as an RPG. What was the puppets one you were talking about? I'm trying to remember what this was. Um, what, uh, Mocha Mocha Friends. Hmm. Oh. I got that on 3DS. Yeah, um, I remember Nyx was interested in it. It's like plush, plush Pokemon, basically. Yeah. Yeah, Mocha Mocha Friends. Same company did Cho Choco Dogs. Ah. Hmm. Uh. <sighs> Okay, this is gonna this could drag on long into the night, and I think I might die if we do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Rapid fire. That wasn't that rapid. Quiet, you. <laughs> Since E3 has just recently passed, I'm wondering what exactly makes a good game trailer for RPGs as opposed to other games. There are lots. There are a lot of elements that make RPGs good and appealing that don't necessarily come across as well in short showings or aren't as important as opposed to other game types, like graphics as opposed to art style and themes. So if you wanted to see a trailer for an RPG that showed off the things that you find important specifically for RPGs, what would it look like? It's a good question. Primary, primary characters, good artwork, as much background music as they can fit in there, and some vague glimpses of the battle system without actually bothering to explain it in depth because that would just completely ruin the flow of the entire trailer. Yeah. And if there's a light bulb going off over somebody's head, I know I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Sparking system, yes. Yes, that's that's what sold me on um, on um, Legend of Legacy on its very first trailer. I just I was watching. I was like, okay, this looks cool, this looks cool. Oh crap! That that was sparking, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, yeah. And had to look it up on the internet later, and everyone was saying, yeah, it looks like Saga. Yeah. Like yay! Can't believe it's not Saga. And completely change my attitude towards that particular company. <laughs> so, they still mostly make crap, but they do make a couple good games. Wait, does Furrier actually develop titles? It's, I'm not quite sure what their relationship is with their development studios, but, um, yeah, um, it seems to be a combination of they manage different studios and they keep it in house. I really don't can't say any more on that. Mm. So. I'm trying to think of a good example of like an RPG RPG trailer that like really wowed me. Um, Romancing Saga PS2 really wowed me. I remember that. That's a good one. Uh, yes, yeah, so did the original um, Devil Summoner Kuzunoha Raido versus the Immortal Army. Just because that was all set to that strange version of 1920s jazz theme that they had going and it was mostly the so, a very small portion of the plot important cutscenes just to make it look really weird I could tell you the one um, trailer that I saw and then another trailer I saw that didn't um, but the first one that did would probably be the only one I could think of is the US a commercial for Chrono Trigger, which there wasn't very many of them. Like they aired it once on TV, and that's all the only time I ever saw it. But um, I I still remember seeing the American tr um, 
TV commercial for Secret of Mana one time. I, but, I know uh, it's because I actually saw it. But. The one I the one I would say would not convince me, but I mean I played it because it was Mega Man, regardless. But Mega Man Legends that that was a, that was an awful commercial. So like, I think they made the guy talking sound like he was in Japanese but speaking English terribly. So it was awful. Well, how about um, the original Wario Land? <laughs> so you had Wario appearing with a spiral behind him and he's going, Ew. You are getting very greedy. <laughs> you are you are incredibly handsome. Say, so you are going to get yourself a castle that is bigger than Mario's. I remember the one where he was convincing a politician to say greed is good or something. Yeah. yeah. I just realized Will sent me a gif of that a few days ago for reasons that I don't really fully understand. You what, Wario? <laughs> the Wario from the ad with the hypnosis spiral background. You you mentioned Wario, so I just found the weirdest Wario gifs I could find. Well, the first thing you sent me was just like a bunch of Pokemon with Wario noses, so I think you might just be a criminal. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He was just sending that Nintendo and put in a subliminal list and saying, please put Waluigi in Smash. <laughs> no. First, I want uh, Wario and Waluigi partners in crime. Please. Thank you. Please please, and thank you. Still trying to think of some good trailers. I think um, like all the recent East games, uh, XC did a good job of putting together trailers for that. But I mean, in general, like, action RPGs are kind of better at putting trailers together for, I think. Because they actually have action. Exactly. A little bit. Like, I... Um, other than, like, a, a saga-type game, which would obviously appeal to me, I feel like most of the, like, turn-based RPGs I watch trailers for are things I was already interested in to begin with. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. The trailer for Dragon Marked for Death... That's giving me strong magic sword vibes. I think I got halfway through that trailer and like they still hadn't got the gameplay, which seemed like kind of a problem. I don't know what either of these things are. Dragon okay. Mark for Death is, I think, Inti Creates new game. Yeah. Well, if you're looking at the new trailer, maybe that's why you're looking at a story trailer. Yeah, It like eventually when I skipped ahead, it was like, oh, there's some gameplay here, but it took them probably longer than they should have. <laughs> and of course, the original Yokai Watch Buster's trailer. Yes! Yes! And I saw in the game store and I'm like, okay, okay wait a moment, what? <laughs> and and then took a closer look the second time around and it's like, yes, that license plate actually says Ecto-1. <laughs> and that is the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man as interpreted by a giant whisper. I'm surprised that Square put any budget into all, at all into the Dragon Quest Monsters Joker ad. TV there spot. Was, there was an ad? Yeah. How much huh. you want to bet it was adapted from the Japanese trailer? It probably was. They, they probably just replaced the Japanese actor with the US one. Yeah. And they, like, redubbed it. It's like he was on a beach and he was basically asking this monster to do one or something. And I think he was fighting that uh, big fat lizard thing with a fork. I think it was, like, an implet or something like that fighting in. That those things. So did uh, did Yokai Watch Buster's Two have any funny commercial? 
Not that I can remember seeing, but I do recall that it was based heavily on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, yeah. Also, there was lots of big, muscly versions of these yokai. Yeah, but that connects into one of the movies and uh, and one of the game plots. So. Yeah, I wish they'd bring some more of those movies over. The first one was actually real. Saw it in the theaters with my son. Oh, I was just looking through my stuff the other day, and um, I brought a bunch of Pokemon cards home with me from last time I visited my parents' house, just because I like to use them for flashcards and stuff. And among them was the Ancient Mew card. Mm. Huh. Did you remember that one? Ancient Mew. That was the promotional card that they gave away to anybody who went to see the second Pokemon movie in the theater. Ah. Oh, yeah, the, the first three movies... They all had theater releases, and every year that was my belated birthday present to my little brother in junior high school at the time. Nice. I, I would take him to go see that movie over Thanksgiving break. So, when I was actually home. Nice. Were any of those movies any good? I mean, <laughs> for what they were, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I think the only good Pokemon movie in recent memory have been like the. Oh, the new one isn't out yet, but I'm sure it's going to be better than the last one. But the last one that came out that was effectively a reboot for the movie series was uh, the Pikachu one. Pikachu, I choose you. Yeah. They basically Back, just... And with none of the characters you remember. Yeah, like, no Brock, no Misty. Aww. But hey, it's, been, it's literally been 20 years, so the current generation of fans wouldn't know who they were. It's more just a question of why invent new characters. No, they were there in the movie, but they weren't joining him. Uh, he just got their badges and left. That rude. But, um, I think I'm going to get ready for bed soon. Okay. So, okay. I, have a couple, I have a couple things I want to say about Yokai Watch Season 3. How oh, they yeah. changed three of the main voice actors from the show. There might be more, but that's the three I know so far. Yeah, it's a little rough. Money. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with Nate slash Keita so much as I do with Whisper and Jibanyan, who are trying desperately to sound like the old voice actors, but failing miserably. Well, maybe the, um, so it is like Pokemon. <laughs> I'm hoping yeah, they'll get better as it goes along. And, but yeah. and I feel, and I'm wondering whether or not their union, <laughs> which might determine the quality. I can't imagine, huh? The like anime dubs tend to not be union. And Whisper's just wholly annoying. How like, is that more, more than he's actually supposed to be? It's like <laughs> he's annoying for the wrong reasons. <laughs> oh, that's the worst thing. Oh no. Yeah, it's like he's annoying yeah. because he's trying to to sound like the original voice actor. And, see, and he's this, just really loud. Th this is something that really just um, amazes the Japanese audiences because over here you can have one voice actor doing the same role for 30 years. I mean, yeah. Dyson or Kitaro, oh, some of these voice actors are the character. Yeah, because that, that's kind of like Johnny Von Bosch, but like across several series of anime. He's he's been in the business for like super long and he doesn't seem to be leaving anytime soon. I remember well, I mean, hearing him at the Trigun get dub in like nineteen ninety nine. I mean this is to the point where this one actor is so connected to the voice. Sooner just like, retire the character. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it becomes national news if they have to retire the actor 
for age or health reasons or death, and they have to bring in a new person. It'd be this sad happens. once once Masako Nozawa finally dies. Yeah, I but remember listening to the. Okay. It, it also leads to interesting things like the the voice of Doraemon also being the voice of the teddy bear from Danganronpa. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like when it's when uh, Nozawa finally dies. I wonder if they'll just cancel any Dragon Ball thing in the future, or they'll actually just forge ahead with a new voice actor. They're also pretty good at finding matching voices, mm. since They've nobody long time too, nobody uses a natural voice for voice acting in Japan. Mm. I do so, wonder, on some level, if there's like probably some committee in Toei that's just like keeping track of the health of any of all of the voice actors and just having someone to take up the mantle once things take a take a turn south. But the thing I wanted to ask Why before possibly? I left was uh, the thing I wanted to ask was about uh, mm-hmm. the gaming bar crackdown. The which bar crackdown? The gaming bar crackdowns going on in Japan. Oh, I haven't actually heard about that, but I'm assuming like uh, you mean a, like a bar that has a game system that you can play. Yeah. yeah, apparently you're not allowed to Anything do that no more. Um, that sounds like something that they could interpret as going against the whichever regulation it was from the early '80s that banned game um, retail game rentals. Yeah, but you're not renting anything. I know, but it's it's. Um, well, it's all in how it's interpreted. Paying for a drink and that's your rental fee, but yeah. Like, the thing is that law is all in how it how people choose to interpret it. So like, it's like in Japan. Why don't you re-examine your laws? Some of them are backwards and probably need to be changed. But at the same time, some of them have gotten reinterpreted in really fun ways, like the original, um, like some of the old political ad laws. Oh man. Oh yeah, because oh, here's the fun thing. Um, back in the late '50s, they decided that it wasn't fair for the smaller political parties to let the big ones advertise their uh, candidates on radio. So mm-hmm. they they ended up putting in a blanket ban on radio um, ads for political for political purposes. And this has since extended to television, internet, and cell phones. Hmm. So the the mass insanity of political attack ads that you get in America every two to four years cannot happen in Japan. Hmm. You probably should have something like that. <laughs> yeah. So instead, instead, um, candidates are expected to go out, stand on a busy street corner with a bullhorn, and propound on their own um, platform in the middle of the day. Excuse me, I need to go um, apply for immigration. This sounds suspiciously. This sounds like a very good explanation for why part why one of the Persona Five S links works the way that it does. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Um. So and then they can also drive around in vans or trucks with um with um PA systems, and just um say hello. My name is da da da. I stand for this whatever. And as they drive around, but there is a strict 8 p.m. curfew on activity. As soon as it hits 8 o'clock, they stop. Under penalty or, else get, or else they get cited as a public nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work well for your campaign. Yeah. Uh, that's all I really wanted to ask. All right. Um, you got to head out now. Yeah. All See right. you guys later. All right. Thank you for joining us, sir. Mm. Catch you Always next better. time. All right. We got uh, next up some questions from Budai. Mm. Um. 
who also says, good to see you, The Madness. Good questions. Um, do you feel not having a Castlevania game to go with the anime is missing some opportunity? Uh, yeah. Probably a little. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, I mean, but <laughs> thing, depending on who they hire to make the game, we might be glad that they're missing this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, they're still making they're making a really awful looking mobile game. So. Yeah, that kind of goes with that saying. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, hey, at least they're keeping Metal Gear going, right? right? Yeah. Right. And hey, at least other studios are actually keeping Castlevania going under a different name. <laughs> uh, I, I applaud that effort. I don't think we all saw it, but I was slipping him the bird, so... Why? Oh, about Metal Gear. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know, it hurts. For, for, what, for the, make, the, the claim you were making about Metal Gear. Yeah, that series is very dead. Um, Metal Gear Survive was a gunshot straight to the head. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, the recent Bloodstained uh, retro style game is uh, uh, go play Curse of the Moon. It's really really good. It's Castlevania as shit. Hopefully better than that, but yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's it's really really good. Like I got it and for not being... harrowingly difficult for people who didn't play the old ones. If you don't choose to make it harrowingly difficult, yeah. I got it for being a backer, and I also bought another copy on 3DS just to have it on the go too. It's it's quite good, like especially if you're a fan of Castlevania 3. It's it's yeah, it's good. Got a lot of CV3 DNA in it. Yeah, yeah. I still need to play the demo of Bloodstained itself. You should you should go do that. You should. Uh, but yeah, long story short. Um, yeah, it would be a good time to have a Castlevania game, but and but yeah, uh, not. It does run into the question of who on earth would even make it. Exa Drive. Well, some you know, there's this little company. They just finished making an awesome Metroid 2 remake. They probably might be in need of of some work. You know, I not I, after I, not after Mirror of Fate. And I hear they have some familiarity with the series. Not so. after Mirror of Fate. <laughs> uh, you know, I. I would have thought you'd, I would have thought you'd I would have thought you'd say not after um, Lords of Shadow Two. Lords of Shadow Two is better than Mirror of Fate. Wow, shots fired. Okay, Mirror of Fate is like the worst Castlevania game outside of maybe the Adventure. Uh, Brandon, I haven't actually played most of these to any sort of completion, so I'm just going to let you keep talking. <laughs> Man, Castlevania Let me put Adventure it this way, I've beaten every single Castlevania game. Uh, the Castlevania for Game Boy Color is worse. Yeah, Legends is worse than the Adventure. And Advent and they're both worse than Mirror Fate. Let's not say things we can't take back. I'm not uh, I'm it's been said. It's done. All ten frames per second of Mirror of Fate is there for you. Hey, they have an H D version that's more than ten frames a second. Yeah, but that just forces you to deal with the fact that the level design's bad. Maybe. Controls are bad. Maybe, but it's still better than Adventure. Um, I'm not sure I'd go that far. Adventure is a much less time to be in pain. You're right, because you can quickly turn your Game Boy off and throw the cartridge in the garbage. Even if you finish it, it's like 15 minutes long. It's much faster. It's, uh, it's, it, it is not. And it's all pain. It's it's all all pain. 
That game is so so freaking bad. Trust me, I've played through all of them. Let me tell you. Let me like. Did you think I was joking when I said all of them? No, no, I know you. I've played Haunted Castle. Right, you can't right. take that away from me. I'm jumping on to the next question before we have an all-out ca- <laughs> Castlevania fight. I will fight you. <laughs> Budai says, I get annoyed by the are they or aren't they romance in Japanese RPGs and an- anime. Thank you, sir. Uh, flirting without any real confirmation is very popular. I hate it. Thoughts? I mean, um, I, I'm remembering several different spin-offs of Tales of Fantasia. <laughs> where, the, where the cress and mint will they won't they romance line continues seriously so oh. far past its expiration date that I mean in Sumner's lineage several other characters are literally saying the equivalent of go get a room guys in Japanese <laughs> just how because it never actually happens Ugh. how you have multiple spin-offs. You can you can just you can use that no, to tie that because, off. No, because the spin-offs are not actually interested in continuing the story, at least not beyond um the first Narikiri dungeon. They're more concerned with getting the characters to appear so that fans of the original game will be interested in getting this new game. <laughs> Back, baby. Yep. So it's all about the fan service in the wrong way. And since Tales of Fantasia came from a period of anime where they were more focused on um, keeping the main female protagonist available for the fanboys to obsess over. Oh, God. It's creepy. Yeah, which is a major reason for this trope to begin with, is you don't want to completely divest the fandom of their favorite waifu. So... Well, I don't want to contemplate these people. Uh, yeah, it's you know, probably a lot of it. We have to coexist with them because we are technically fans of the same material. Just not. That in doesn't the mean I have to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of the reasons I like the Persona series, for example, because it kind of takes away that nonsense because you kind of make those relationships. Yeah, you make those relationships happen on your own. Which is kind of playing into that whole, like, obsession. Yeah, it's true. Like, the protagonist yeah, is someone you're projecting on, but at the very least, like, it does allow you to, like, make... Since you're, the protagonist is also someone you're projecting on, and all of the ones after three, you can also just have them be friends with everyone if that's what you want to do. You don't have to sit yeah. through a plot line that's not going to resolve because it can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's basically, uh, this is the best solution that they have if you're if it fits your game. Yeah. And a lot of it depends on where your game's coming from originally. Like, anything that originated from the from personal computer, like Fate Stay Night, Utwire. Oh, heavens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know where this is going. Yeah, those, those, simultaneously, those simultaneously have a... Everyone must somehow remain canonically single for the fandom. And since the, you're playing an avatar of yourself in the game, everybody must at the same time be available for anything. And it gets really ridiculous. Down for everything. Yeah. Depending on how much they've censored and edited out from the original version. It's much less uncomfortable when they were just porn. Yeah. <laughs> porn with plot. Excuse me, yes. Please, just, just, just make what you're making. Don't pretend you're not making what you're making. <laughs> 
Be who you are. It's okay. Be your true it's mind. Okay. Yeah, I wrapped it back to Persona. Be your true mind. So I, I would turn this question around to say, is there an RPG that has the will they or won't they that you actually liked? Well, I was going to say, is there one that where they actually ended up together? That's, a, that's also a good one. Grandia. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a... Grandia had a, a bit of a will they won't they up until like the second major plot break point. Uh, when they're sailing on the ocean and in yeah, the, the disc break. they will. Yeah. So. Like, by that point, the female lead has gotten sick of it and just says, like, come on, come on, man. Yes, on. pretty much. <laughs> and that's probably my best, my favorite treatment of that particular trope is, yeah, Fina just is like, yeah, enough is enough. Let's figure out what's going on. <laughs> good. Grandia is good. Go play that. I still need to do that. I love it. I will I will yell at you about it for just hours. You won't be able to escape it. Uh, another one I liked it in would be um, Tales of the Abyss. Which kind of... You know, I, I, I can never get around how much the main character sounded like a certain preteen of my acquaintance at the time. And <laughs> I still... Back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Alright, that's fair. Resolves it halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tales of Hearts actually did a pretty good job with its romantic subplots. Once the once the heroine actually regained enough of her personality to be able to actually interact with people properly. So. Yeah. Uh, I had to think of any others that. I mean, like, I can think of games that like do try to resolve their romantic subplot within the game. I just, a lot of times, like, the romantic subplot just isn't very good. <laughs> Can you think of a game where they resolve it, but they resolve it on the won't-they side of things? Uh, if you're counting the first half of Lufia 2... <laughs> sure. Yes. Well, Hopeless sure. suitor in Lufia 2. Yeah, because, I mean, Maxim and Lufia 2 starts out with a girlfriend, and then they end up breaking up, he ends up with a different person. Who else? Like, a, a lot of the problem with will they or won't they is that if you do that, and you only do it with two characters, you've built their characterization around something where if they don't, you you have to do something because you've wasted a lot of time. Yes. <laughs> or have so, someone or have someone die. <laughs> which is also... <laughs> depending on which out, depending on which ending of Chrono Cross you're going for, then yes. I mean, Chrono Cross is a mess regardless, so that plot's just not going to make sense anymore. <laughs> Quiet, uh, you. Quiet. Is this where I point out that you can go the entire game with Kid never entering your party? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a thing. I'm just saying that there's no satisfying resolution to that plot. None. Uh. Well. Technically, Secret of Mana managed to have a full or a reasonably fleshed-out plot with the main two main characters who are boy and girl and who do not have a romantic subplot at all, <laughs> which is That's pretty true. darn rare. Yeah. Um. So, and it does end up being, and for the girl's actual boyfriend, it does turn out to be a won't, they won't because he gets possessed and they have to kill him. Yeah, that's true. Rip him. Yep. Yeah, but. That, the ending to that game never feels 
uh, particularly happy, I would say. Yeah. Um, you kill, can... kill Dylok, uh, Sprite disappears. Fades into the other world. Yeah, yeah. everything's kind of effed. If we're just counting things that have, like, male and female characters but no real romantic subplot, I'm thinking, like, FF5, since I just got finished with that. Yeah. Only romance in that game is for your chocobo. <laughs> oh, going back to Lufia too, the the one secondary character who proudly states, "My love is my sword," and then one of the other party member says, "You know, if I were you, I'd stay away from thoughts like that." <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. Like I was, now, I'm thinking about like Final Fantasy, uh, like Final Fantasy IV. The romantic subplots actually happen. Yeah, Final Fantasy does that a few times, actually, even if it's, like, not always a focus. So... I mean, like, Edge and Rydia ended up together in Final Fantasy IV. And it was kind of implied when they were flirting, but, yeah. Yeah, also Cecil and Rosa, who are just sort of an item for yeah. basically most of the game. I'm trying to remember Final Fantasy X, were Waka and Lulu together in that, or does that not happen? They are. They are, okay. That's what I thought. Like, it's not it's not clear until the end of the game, but yeah. Like, they actually do go go there with that one, so... Then they couldn't make an action... They then they couldn't make new models for them in 10 too. so, like, they just keep making jokes about, like, how much they've changed, and nothing. Nothing's happened. Yeah. It's great. Uh, uh, there's FF8 not... is built around a resolved romantic subplot, but it sucks, so it doesn't yeah. matter. There's nine yeah. that resolves it at the very end. Yeah, and like, it does a pretty good job of it, too, because like, I really like the way they bookended that story. Oh, yeah. That, I oh, love that game. Seven kind of resolves it right before the Northern Crater as well. And then kills the character. Which? Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about Eris. Oh, okay. I'm the talking other, about the Northern okay. Crater right at the end when Tifa and Cloud have their talk. The other romantic subplot, okay. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the one that the game actually cared... The one that the future games actually care about. But, uh, but yeah, like, Square, like, generally... For any other faults that an FF game may have, they don't usually, like, tease a romantic subplot that doesn't actually resolve in some fashion, so... Yeah. Uh, Not really... I mean, like, in terms of characters that are in the party, I mean, there is... No, no, no. Just stop there. <laughs> not even sure what you're going, where you're trying to stop me at this stage. Snow and the annoying protagonists of Final Fantasy Snow XIII, and too. Sarah Farron? Yes. No one cares about that. I mean, I mean, Lightning Returns, basically, like... I'm just remembering Lightning Returns and how they just sort of forget about that whole plot. This is good. Very this is all good and fine. I mean, Lightning Returns might be the worst plot in Final Fantasy history. <laughs> it's a fun game, I though. Still, I will, yeah, it's a good game, but I mean, I'll never get over the fact that the premise is it's been 500 years since time stopped. <laughs> um, that... That is a sentence that... Um... I don't know if the game uses that sentence, but that's the that's the fundamental, like, place setting for the game. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how you do that by accident. Uh, I'm sure if we dug through the Tales backlog far enough, we'd find pl a few more examples, but I'm not sure if I'm up for 
describing more of this. Uh, Symphonia gives you options, but has a very clear canonical one that its sequel acknowledges. Or not, actually. Now that I think about it, the sequel will actually ask you, who did Lloyd hang around with while he was going around trying to blow up all these, like, evil magic spears? And, like, when you choose, whatever answer you choose, he's like, you're right! Which is really good. I like questions where I can never be wrong. Don't question me, video <laughs> game. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go too f- much further on this or I'll die. Alright, <laughs> next question. Oh, that means I have to I go... The one that has them. I have to go to... Li- <laughs> I have to move up to episode 80 questions. Do you the en- terror. Do you enjoy crafting in RPGs? No. I mean, I like Atelier games, so what does that say? Yes. I, I, like, I like crafting when it is well implemented. I guess I'll amend my answer to... I like crafting in games that are actually about it. Yes. I mean, like, crafting in, oh, let's see, Slime Mori Mori Dragon Quest Three, where if you wanted to create some of the really, really high-power items with alchemy, um, you ended up with production bottlenecks because there was only one spot on the entire map where you could reliably find Orichalcum. That's, that was a mistake. <laughs> yes, and I figured up, in order to get this one item... Uh, just based on the entire production line, you needed about 140 pieces of orichalcum, among other things. Yeah. And they could have just let you grab items, more items off of enemy ships when you destroyed them after you got the full plans for making those ships. No, they didn't. (laughs) So there was no other way to get some of these high-power items that you probably needed for the optional super post-game bosses. Uh, Good times. I feel like a lot of games with crafting systems that aren't about crafting have very complicated crafting systems, and usually a complicated crafting system is an irritating crafting system. Yeah. So, I mean, there have been some real winners, like Legend of Mana, that one was fun. Um, But at the same time, you're not required to make use of it. That's, That's another thing. Like, how much is the game forcing you, like, if you don't if you have an optional crafting system and like you can eke advantage out of it, but you don't have to, like that's fine. I won't yell at you when you do that. <laughs> but making it something that you really have to do, yeah. But then not having the dignity to make it the core focus of your game, <sighs> or you don't properly consider your resource lines, or you make me think about resource lines. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. I, I like crafting in Monster Hunter. Does that count? No, because that's part of the focus of the entire game. Oh. Okay, here's a I different example. Core loop. Yeah, here's a different example. Saga Scarlet Grace. All of your equipment upgrades are based on materials. There's no money in the game. You have to get the materials and upgrade. And the amount of materials you need for some of these upgrades gets astronomical. Even when you're even when you're in situations where you could get forty of a basic ore item with great regularity, and you need like two to three hundred, <laughs> and that's not counting the rare materials that you might need sometimes, Acro- uh, scattered across maybe a dozen characters. Ooh, a bit much. Ooh, boy. Yeah, crafting. I don't know. Mixed bag. I'm going to try to ignore that joke. 
<laughs> Unintended joke. Of course, it's right up there with the cooking subsystems. More cooking RPGs. Fewer RPGs. I know. I should play I know. Ori no Riori again. I was going to say, um, Adventure Bar Story had a pretty good cooking-based everything. It was hmm. pretty much an Italia game with kitchens. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. Yeah. I mean, not for the story. It's just a fun little game. Yeah. I think it was originally a mobile game. All right, next question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sure. Probably never going to happen, but let's pretend it does. Which RPGs would you see on a PS1 Mini? I feel like there's two very obvious for the three of us. Yeah, there's several very obvious ones. I'm just thinking, how many games could they possibly fit in one of these? Hmm. I mean, if they got ambitious, it wouldn't actually be that hard to store, like, 30 games, but... Um, I love Legend of Mana on there. Let's yeah. all just take our favorite deep cut. Pretty much. Um, I can think of quite a few games I wouldn't want to see on them. <laughs> <laughs> Things that inevitably will be on there. If if they had the licensing hooks to do, it would be just, oh, yes, all the Final Fantasy games are there. We can get that out of the way. Wild Arms? <laughs> I want two and not one. <laughs> yeah. One was, wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, Whereas two is crazy. Yes. Two is good. I'd love uh, to. Two could probably have stood to have a better translation, but still good. Um, oh. Um, you know what? Why not? Let's get an, an English translation of Mark of the Mermaid. <laughs> the, the Here I was expecting Linda Cube. So. Um, yeah. That's the thing. Most of the PS... X games I've played have never come out in English. <laughs> that's the tragedy we live in. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's even including the fact that I played a lot of PlayStation games in college in English, and I still have played many more in Japanese. <laughs> Just had more time. Yeah. Uh, I've no still got else. to play through the summer, probably, hopefully. No one else particularly wants this, and it's only kind of... It's an action... It's action perhaps more than it is RPG, but go go put Brave Fancy Musashi, Musashi on it. Yes, please. Let's just, let's just hit all the all the portions of the RPG rainbow. Yep. Uh, put Tomba on there. That's a platform RPG. Um, Alundra? Yeah, but not two. <laughs> Xenogears! Oh, yeah, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can't stop this. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Come on, we also list a favorite deep cut. Uh, deep cuts, deep cuts. Um, Tornado Last Hope. Oh, man. That even has an English release. It does. I remember when that game got reviewed because people weren't quite sure what a roguelike was for most console specific uh, magazines. So both of the saga frontiers. Of sure. course. Yes, of course. If we're and if we're having pie in the sky miracles happen, let's have them finish the game. Ooh. <laughs> uh, finally, Fuge gets his storyline. Finally, Loot gets his storyline. Uh, Loot has a dungeon. No, Loot has a final boss. Loot yeah, has yeah. a situation where he can go to the final boss without actually fighting anything else. <laughs> 
Lute has a situation where he can get wrecked by the final boss alone. Loot has a situation where he can still manage to recruit a bunch of robots, take advantage of some bugs involving the junkyard and some resell value items, and still beat the final boss without fighting anything else in the game. Speedrun strats. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about a lot of them, but like, there's a lot that it's just like, this is obscure and that's good. Because don't play it. Uh, I don't know, maybe Ark the Lad 2. Um, I'm actually gonna have to pull out my box of PS1 games. I feel yeah, like I got a horrible encyclopedic knowledge of PS1 games. I have a well, I just have that encyclopedic knowledge of horrible PS1 games. That's why I'm trying not to mention some of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, hey, it's our about... it's our favorites: Breath of Fire three and four. Into the drink you go. I was gonna say. I w- <laughs> I wasn't going to mention those. <laughs> but sure, keep going then. Um, Mermanoid. The weird one. Uh, okay. Um, Hoshin Engi. Uh, okay. in 1 and 2. Oh, Linda Cubed. I forgot I was, about that. When you, when you first said the Mermaid RPG, I was like, I was expecting Linda Cubed. So I almost forgot Linda Cubed. It's, it's hard. To, I'm trying to separate the ones that are PlayStation and PlayStation 2 here, and I think I'm miscategorized. Linda Cubed, yes. And it, if possible, have a PlayStation version um, version of the Sega Saturn version that had the fourth scenario. Because I really want to know what happens there. Might as well dream big. Yes. Uh, Vagrant Story. The Saga action RPG. Yeah. Uh, did you say Lunar? Oh, uh, no, I did not. Uh... Persona Lunar to Eternal Blue. Persona, Persona Dose. Yeah, not one. <laughs> Which one? There's two of them. Both, both. of them. Both. both of them, of course. Oh, Persona like that. For that, hey, for that matter, Shin Megami Tensei One, Two, and If were also published on PlayStation as remakes. Yeah, we've tossed out any concern about whether these officially got released in English. Do it. <laughs> Ta- yes. Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together, sure. And yeah, Ogre I think Battle. limited edition. Yeah. Uh, Ogre Battle limited edition was both of them. So it's just a lot of. It was a, it was a really RPG heavy system. This box is all RPGs except for Oddworld Abe's Exodus. I'm not sure what that's doing there, but sure. <laughs> just thinking of all the second stringers. I think Finally it was a... your chance to relive the seg- the square summer of adventure. Yeah. Uh, but no, you can't play Threads of Fate. <laughs> Is that something we, we'd want to play? Uh, I have a lot of nostalgia for Threads of Fate, even though I don't, like, any time I go back to it, it's like, oh, this is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of bad platforming. So it's like, oh, it's one of those charming pieces of garbage. Listen, I care a lot about it, and I can recreate the experience of playing it by just thinking about it long enough. (laughs) Like, my brain is just, like, remembering being in an underground cave, you're over water, and you're platforming, and it's bad, and you keep falling off of ledges. I'm sorry, Threads of Fate, I cared a lot about you when you were new. Um, sure, The Adventures of Tron Bong. That's an RPG, I'll count that. Well, I mean, 
the- theoretically it has one section that describes itself as an RPG, even though we're not quite sure why. <laughs> Listen, good enough. <laughs> yes, good enough. I agree. I'll include Mega Man Legends one as well because I like it. <laughs> and that's even more. That's more of an RPG. Let's be real. Uh, mm-hmm. So many of these, and like trying to narrow, like. My brain is just throwing out all of the ones that no one should ever play. Like, oh man, Shadow Madness. You remember that? No, try not to remember that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that that call out has pissed off the world's only zero Von Moon fan. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, sure. Final Fantasy Tactics, of course. How we missed that one. Actually, I think we could cover that over under everything. I, I Final said Final Fantasy, Fantasy, but I was mo- like, I was mostly thinking of the mainline game, so I realized Tactics needs to be specifically called out. And I think most people would consider that one of the mainline games anyway. It's fair, but yeah, just wanted to make sure it's clear that not just the numbered games. It's the game I slot into the main series instead of Eleven. Fair wow. enough. <laughs> it's te- hey, it has supposed semi-canonical connections to Twelve. That's true. It's, it's a long, a long afterwards sequel when Moogles have gone extinct. And Bonga. And Viera. Really, there's just been a lot, a lot more death than you would hope for. But not less than you would expect. I mean, genocide and extinction events, and yeah. Yeah. Bad times. And Devil Jesus. The inevitable. Oh, did we forget anything else? Uh, Dragon Quest Seven. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not the best version, but you know what? Dragon Quest Four. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That did come out in Japan on the PS One. Um, Tales of Destiny. Hmm. Tales of several things, but and Tales of Eternia. Tales of Eternia (laughs) slash Tales of Tales of Fake Destiny too. Whatever you happen to know that game is. So just re-release it as a turn. Yeah. I mean, they did that in Europe on PSP. Might as well do it again. So I think we've formulated a pretty nice uh, PS1 classic that it would may cost... have, in fact, cleared 30 games yes. just on RPGs. With with all those <laughs> licensing, licensing fees, it'll cost about $400 per unit. And what size hard drive is it going to need to hold them all? <laughs> Honestly, a lot of these are not actually very large. Yeah, I know that. Um, several, of, I mean, Summon Night was a two-disc PlayStation game, and it fit on one DS cartridge. Yeah. Like, better compression techniques, along with the fact that, like, even being, like, it's at this stage hard to get less than 32 gigabytes of memory of storage at any given time, so... No, but the biggest problem is going to be the fact that you know Sony will go for the cheapest popul- pop, uh, possible emulation option. Yeah. So, ISOs of everything? Full size? Yep. But Get your $400 I mean, PS1 Classic now. I mean, the, the real problem is, of course, that most of these would be our, comp- our games that... Like, a lot of the things we listed are things that people still sell. And especially in terms of, like, the big marquee games, they still sell them for, like, $20 each. (laughs) Yeah. So getting them to come around on licensing them for this and 
you know, taking a small cut for this license is going to be hard. I know for a fact that some of the games I mentioned, their studios no longer exist. That's so the other fun part. Out who owns the licenses to the game is going to be difficult in itself. All right, I got a, right. I, I got a great idea, guys. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to take everyone's pre-order money. We're going to throw out this whole PS1 Classic idea, and we're just going to give the money to Square to make remake Saga Frontier and complete it. I feel like Boom. that might be an unethical use of cash. Seemed I feel like, like that yeah. might also open us up to lawsuits. Mm. Lawsuits for misappropriation of funds or lawsuits for actually remaking Saga Frontier? Both. No, yeah. no, we're giving them the money to remake. We're giving, we're going to say, here, here's some money. You're going to sign this contract. Have you paid attention to the things that Akitoshi Kawasu says in interviews? He's talked about how he'd remake Saga Frontier, but it might kill him. <laughs> oh, that's like, true. It is I not about like, that. it is not that. a lack of money that stopped Saga Frontier remake from happening. It's that it will destroy a man. I don't know, hire Rakujin to do it. If Rakujin still exists. I think Rack Gene still exists. I mean, they did the DS remakes of the Saga games. They did a lot of anime games in the mid-2000s. A lot of very bad ones, but still. They kept the doors open, I'm sure. Yeah, uh... I'm just gonna assume they're still alive so that I don't have to be a little sad. Uh... Yeah. Um, I don't want to think... I don't. I don't want to think too much about the demise of so many companies, but yeah, yeah this, this entire misappropriation of funds idea that Wheels Wheels has put forth might might be, in fact, a very bad idea. Well, I'm going to put together put a much better idea forward for you, and that's this question from Budai, which says, "Did you ever play the game The Last Remnant? Do you hold any do you hold any idea to the rumor that this was a saga game? This would make it the largest budget saga game." I would argue that it probably wasn't a Saga game, because if it was, they wouldn't have given it that budget. Uh, <laughs> it is I, I a Saga game in as much as it's a Kawazu game. <laughs> I can see that thematically you could probably draw some connections in there. Um, quite a few, actually. Um, yeah, you could say it might be a stealth Saga game, almost. Yeah, like, I mean... Not using the Saga name was probably part of how it got approved. But, I mean, it's, it's, it shares a lot of Kawazu DNA, so spiritually it's a Saga game. <laughs> yeah. I would say that. Uh, but, yeah. I still need to finish that game. <sighs> and, and that's a game, if anyone is interested, I highly recommend they do not... Although I, there's probably a few people that would at this point, but do not play the Xbox 360 version. You want the PC release. Well, it's a good thing that somebody sent me that for Secret Santa. Last yes, time. yes, sir. Yes, I really should get back to that. But I've just been playing too many different things. I've, <laughs> so I've got Hero U going on. I've currently got Magical Vacation and my Game Boy SP for commuting. So. Finally, you can take a magical vacation. <laughs> well, again, it's like the third time I've played this game. Eventually, I'm actually going to completely finish it. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've just given up on actually collecting all of the little elementals this time around, because I know it's not going to happen. Especially considering how finicky, finicky this game is for actually getting all of them. That game never came out in English, right? We just got the sequel. Um... We just got the sequel, and I need to load... 
I think I may have accidentally sold back my copy of the sequel. I need to buy it again. Uh, to do the same. I that was obviously an early DS RPG, and for some reason I couldn't couldn't get into it. Need to give it another shot. I mean, they're cute games, and especially if you love food puns. <laughs> and who doesn't? Yeah. Oh, they're even more blatant um, in the Japanese because of the way that you can mess stuff up with katakana. <laughs> so, like in in Magical Star Shine, Star Sign, the second game, the various magical continent worlds have had their names written out in katakana and then reverse ordered. <laughs> so you have one where, in, again, I don't remember what the names are in English, but in Japanese, like the fire world was called Ragavafor. And I, it took me a while to figure this one out, but if you spelled it backwards and you changed accenting just a little bit, you ended up with the word foie gras. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. It was uh. ridiculous things. Yep. That's pretty great. That was... Those games were done by Brownie Brown, right? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So the, uh, yeah, the studio that came out of the group that did, among other things, uh, Secret of Mana. Yeah. And they're currently doing a game called Eglia, which is a smartphone game that looks a lot like um, the earlier work. Mm. Like, I could identify that, yeah, it's the same company, even if they changed their name. (laughs) Did that actually come out yet? Eglia? In in, in English? I have no idea. It came out last year in Japanese. I remember people talking about it, but that's not really proof of anything about it coming out in English. No, it looks like it's out. And actually, the icon says first anniversary. It's back. Oh, and it's egg. I'll have to grab this on my Amazon Fire. I appreciate this uh, URL. eglia.jp slash eng. So there is an English site for it. Yep. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. It's back and it's egg. Alright, uh... But yeah, um, so, again, Magical Vacation, all of the dwarves have names that are Sauce. Sauce. <laughs> that makes sense. Every single one. You have Soy, White, Baronets, Quattro Formaggi, he's a villain. Um, and they're sort of four-headed Cerberus kind of automaton guard dog named Tartar. <laughs> it gets weirder. <laughs> that makes sense to me. It, it's also the only game I have ever seen with a 19 element magical system. I think it's 19. <laughs> That's too many. Well, it's, it's one for every major cast member. Wow. Yeah. Or 18, 18 students and one teacher. The teacher's got light magic. Of course. So that's the only one that you never actually have access to in game unless you have gotten a lot of amigos, which you can't because nobody has this game anymore. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Because we've we've just been chatting for quite a while, haven't we? We have almost uh, two hours. Wow. There's two more. I'm just kind of glad that my afternoon class got canceled today. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was late getting here was because I had to double check with the teacher that yes, in fact, the class was canceled. Uh, Sorry, I had to wait for some Tylenol to kick in. Fine. Uh, what do you think of the genius and power kid RPG trope? Speaking of tropes, what about the one where that, where what the character likes to eat is their defining characteristic? 
that's not so much a trope as a facet of Japanese pop psychology. Ah. So. <sighs> but, um, the, okay, Power Kid or Genius? Which trope is this? Uh, I'm not sure. Is he just talking about how, I guess, generally there's lots of RPGs where you play as kids? I don't know. Well, my first thought was Prisis from Star Ocean 2. Yeah. And, and her spiritual successor, <coughs> um, the professor from Alliance Alive and her giant duffy. <laughs> <laughs> she is the best. Oh, speaking of which, I don't know if you saw our uh, JRPG July update, but uh, I have most of the party together now. I have the ship, and I'm finally moving along in that game. Yay. And hopefully get to the Ice Realm soon and get that damn ping. Yep. So, yeah, do you know how to get to the Ice Realm? Oh, uh, I'm assuming it's shortly after. Right now I, I have to track down two Ether Gears. I'm assuming Realms. Well, it's not so much opening it up as, as much as it's start from the rainy realm and head west and go across the dark belt. Ah, uh, so I can go there now, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me a moment. If you have the boat active and ready and sailing, then you can go across. It's just a matter of surviving the trip. Yeah. That's not so hard. Until you realize that there are level 5 nightmare nests oh, in God. the dark belt. And there are some really big, free-roaming nightmares. <laughs> well, the last boss I had to f I fought, I believe I had to break at least one weapon per character to beat it, so I'm probably not prepared for that. No, no, that's, a, that's generally a normal thing to have to do. Okay. That's why they give you a lot of lower-level weapons so you can switch out as needed. Uh. Hold the really nice stuff for later. So... Here's a fun th item. Um, any of the weapons that have a demon spell ability for a break ability, yeah. you spark those things on your demon characters. So um, when they use it as a break ability, they will occasionally spark it and learn it for themselves, but the, the, uh, you, um, the cost to use it is extremely high. So... Uh, still, I'd love to have one of those abilities for general use. Yeah. Yeah, that includes, um, what's your name, Vivian, Ignatz, um, the lizard guy, and the penguin. Hmm. So, except the penguin can only learn a couple that are connected to amulets and stuff because he can't actually equip weapons. He just has his slippers of fury. <laughs> uh. So west from the rainy realm, you said? Yep. Okay. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh. You see what oh. I mean, right? Oh, no. Yes. This is why you probably should find those gears first. It's because you won't, that'll at least give you a chance to level up some more before you try this. Well, I haven't fought anything yet, but I'm very afraid. Very, very As afraid. As you should be. That's a pretty, pretty freaky looking area, and you can't really tell it's over until you actually cross over to the other side. I think I just looped around to the fire realm. I thought it was west. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> if you looped around to the fire realm, I'm sorry, you try a different direction. Okay. Eventually, once you can get there, you can actually quick travel, I think. But Nice. <sighs> hmm.
Alright, but uh, I should probably just finish up these questions. Before you pass out, yes. Yes, alright, let's do lightning round. Oh no. Lightning round, boom. Do we have to? Well, we only have one question left anyway. People love to talk about what sequels they want, but what game could actually use a sequel based off the first one? Can you say that again? What? People love to talk about what sequels they want, but what game could actually use a sequel? Sequel. So, essentially, what RPG really could use a follow-up? Actual Xenogears. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's probably a lot yeah, of a lot answers of, I mean, lot, this. a lot of video games are designed to at least try to wrap everything up as well as they can in the game. Yeah. Unless they are specifically designed to go for a sequel. And those are often not... They don't turn out as well. Um, it ends poorly. Yeah. yeah. It ends poorly when you try and force a sequel. I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy IV sequels. I, I enjoyed those when they were on the cell phone, but... That's where they belong. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't trying to project what they should have been onto them. So One of these days I need to track down the novelization, too. There was a novelization. Uh, yeah, I saw it yes. in the store, and I didn't get it at the time because I was with some other people, and I didn't want them to see me buy it for some reason. <laughs> and I never found it again. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll pick a weird one. I think The Legend of Legacy could use like a direct sequel. I can see that, just because the, the world opened up so much. Yeah. And I feel like it didn't necessarily resolve everything. And, I mean, there's a lot of, like, intro plot lines that um, kind of reveal a bit about, like, the rest of the world that aren't explored a lot, so... But, I mean, that's kind of the entire point of the game. It's like there's a huge world and... That's true. Yeah. Uh, Alpha Protocol 2. Do it. Yeah, that's a good one. That game uh, was severely underappreciated. I mean, Magical, Magical Vacation got a sequel. Go figure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking ones that really need a sequel. Most stuff. That didn't actually get one. Yeah. Yeah, rest and Trusty Bell sequel, Rusty Bell, PDQ Bach edition. Uh, <laughs> wow, that that would be Eternal Sonata. But, yeah, yeah. Trusty Bell, Chopin's Dream. Yeah, yeah. Trusty Bell, Chopin's Dream. Rusty Bell, PDQ Box Drunken Stupor. <laughs> Canon. Oh no! I mean, I wrote the review for that for a April Fool's Day joke, like. Almost a decade ago. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, no, great. I'm just saying that that should be canon. <laughs> that should be real. Yeah, yeah. that w that would be amazing if. Uh, any other ones? Oh, I'm, I'm really trying really to like. Trying here, but yeah. I mean, last remnant. Yeah. I have no idea how that ends, but I'm thinking, sure, why not? Let's go with that last remnant. <laughs> the continued story of Rush Sykes. Oh, it does not have to have anything to do with the actual characters in it. it oh yeah, no. I just wanted to say Rush Sykes again. Oh, yeah. That, that main character, yeah. How about a nice Saga Frontier 3? 
Sure. I actually came up with, I uh, plotted out one of those once decades ago. Nice. It's going to be is more Wild West themed. I appreciate uh, Frontier 1's complete hodgepodge of uh, nonsense for a setting. Yeah. Yeah, Saga Frontier saying, hey, who needs continuity? <laughs> like, every kind of fantasy and sci-fi is happening all at once in Saga Frontier 1. I think yes. Continuity is for suckers. This one's modern. This one's the future. This one's Monsterland. Whatever kind of fantasy slash sci-fi you like, we've got it. And it's coexisting completely and congruously with every other kind. Now I just want to go play Saga Frontier. You could. Nothing could stop you. <sighs> It'd require getting up. I'd have to turn on the PS3. Grab my Saga Frontier disc. It's a lot of work, man. Yeah, have you considered yeah. having a PS3 that just plays that? Think of the applications. That sounds like an extreme... An utter waste of money. And yet, think of the applications. Take my money. Square, have you considered porting Saga Frontier to Switch for no reason? Oh, there's a good reason. I mean, for no for no, an audience of everyone in this podcast. <laughs> hey, I'd buy two copies. I, I think we've had this discussion within the past week, actually. Probably. All right, we should probably wrap this thing up. Yeah, it's out here. We're running on fumes. Yeah. And I'll probably need some more pain medicine soon. All right, so uh, send us questions in the normal way, especially about uh, anything Saga-y. Be sure to answer. Um, be sure to check out our JRPG July coverage, where I am playing East 8 and the Alliance Alive, and we'll probably talk about Octopath Traveler at some point, because everyone else is, so why not? It turns out it's really good. Yeah. And I still have to find this out for myself eventually. One day. Uh, questions in the normal manner and places? Yes. Twitter, forums, not forums, uh, comments section, Comment section, et cetera, et cetera, and we will see you next time. So, um, uh, there's going to be some Octopath Traveler music in this, and also the Macarena, because I was subjected to it after taking my kid what? to see Hotel Why? Transylvania 3. So Why? I'm going to subject everyone else What's to it wrong as well. With you? <laughs> we'll see you next week. Somebody else, yeah. <laughs> you will all know my pain. Well, I don't, because I'm not going to be listening to that for the last two hours. Yeah, that was very long. This is very long. All right, so all I don't right. think it's safe Stop for us it. to be listening to this second time. Stop it! Thank you.